Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Akuo. I'm so happy to be back with you once again. Now, if you've had a chance to spend any time with us this year, you know what the God-given word for us to live out this year is, and it is ready. I've been talking about this every week because it's so important, because it's the idea that we are ready as we are currently constructed. We are all ready right now to make an impact on this world, and I want you to make it starting today. You are ready to listen to God, love people, learn your purpose, and link to your community. Now this week, to continue our conversation through developing a second nature, which is the the series that we're in right now, we have a special guest. We have Pastor Zach Cronley with us today. Now Zach is a guy that I've run into off and on for years and years, and I've just known him to always be a great guy. Not only that, Zach and his wife Leslie and their two daughters are members of the Akuo community. They just joined us, and we are so happy to have them. Zach has a great message lined up for you, so let's get to it. Here is Pastor Zach Cronley. Good morning, Akuo Church. My name is Zach Cronley, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. If this is your first week with us, I just wanna say thank you for being here. Welcome, we're glad you're here. We're in the middle of a series titled Second Nature, where we're looking at Jesus's most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And what we're doing is we're looking at Jesus's words, and we're trying to find a new and better way to live. Today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at the first four verses. And Matthew 6 is kind of a turning point in Jesus' sermon. And so if you uh, have a Bible and you want to pull one up on your phone uh, and get the scripture in front of you, please do so. But while you do, I just kind of want to ask a question to sort of get the ball rolling. My question is this, is have you ever exaggerated anything about yourself in order to look good in in front of someone? Have you ever just kind of had something that you that just, you know, maybe it was very uh, innocent or uh, maybe a little less innocent, but something that you had that you just decided to exaggerate yourself in front of others? Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed by how often that this has been true for me, especially growing up. But a, a particular example that stands out to me is when I was in college, I was trying to impress this girl who was training to run a half marathon. And I don't know why or why I would do this, but for some reason I thought the best way to impress her would be to say, oh, I love running. We should absolutely run together, which wasn't exactly untrue. It's not that I hated running or anything. I just probably hadn't done it since about middle school. Well, on the night that we went on a run together, I remembered exactly why it was that I hadn't ran in so long. And that's that I remembered that I get exercise-induced asthma. And so there I was, not only unable to keep up with this girl who was running, but she had to see me sitting on the side of the road, struggling to breathe. The moral of this story is it didn't impress anyone or help me to pretend that I was something that I'm not. And so that's what brings us into our scripture here today. We're looking at Matthew chapter 6, looking at the very first four verses. We're going to read it here. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. 
But I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus warns us, watch out. If you've been paying attention to the Sermon on the Mount so far, it almost appears to contradict what, what Jesus has been saying when he says to let your light shine before men. And although Christians are, are meant to do good works and be seen doing those good works, they must not be doing good works simply to be seen. Jesus cares more about the way that we do things than he does about the thing being done. Why? Because Jesus cares about the person doing the giving as much as the act of giving. Scripture says that God has, has cattle on a thousand hills, meaning he lacks no amount of money to give, but invites us to be involved in the process of helping others because it's good for us to give. When Jesus invites us to do something, it's because it's for our good as well as the good of others. So our motives matter. He gives an example. Look at verse two. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. It's kind of a ludicrous example. Like we don't often see an opportunity to do something good and go, sick, this is my time for my trumpet solo. But we can be really good at times of making sure that we're seen when we're doing our good deeds. You know, maybe it's your spouse gets home and you're thinking, oh, uh, hey, honey, uh, uh, I don't know if you've noticed how good our baseboards are looking lately. I've been cleaning the heck out of these baseboards. Or, or I know in college ministry, a silly spiritual example is, is people, I would see, you know, my friends, or I would do this at times where you're just reading your Bible, looking for that, that right verse that, so you can post it and just, just have the, the best caption, you and your coffee. Jesus is warning us that we have to be careful about our motives when we do good deeds. Because Jesus has a word for the kind of person who does good actions just to be seen. Hypocrites. This is the first of 15 times Jesus is going to use this word to describe religious people in the book of Matthew. We all know what a hypocrite is. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot these days. It has kind of a supercharged meaning where it's kind of tempting to only believe that it applies to the really extreme examples. But let's compare it to the original Greek. The word is not even a translation. It's a, it's a transliterated word. It's, it's the Greek word hypocrite. The word means an actor or pretender. And, and here's a way to translate hypocrite that has helped me deepen my understanding of Jesus's meaning here. A religious actor, one who is doing something to be seen. You see, Jesus wants purity of heart. God is not wanting religious actors. We all come into Christianity with some preconceived notion of what a Christian should look like. For me, it's a little bit Ned Flanders. Doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't cuss. You know, this, this might have even been pushed on you. You, you might have come to Christianity with, with people telling you that, that you have to clean up your act. This is what you were taught. But here's the truth. God is not looking for people that look like Christians. God is looking to make us look more like Jesus and be more like Jesus. And this is where we so often go wrong. We do this subconsciously. 
We don't feel like hypocrites because what we're doing is in line with our beliefs. But the truth is that we wouldn't be doing it if no one was watching. Look at verse 3. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I love the title of this series, Second Nature. Because when something is truly second nature, it means even though it was something you were taught, it becomes a natural extension of who you are. A professional basketball player doesn't have time to pause the game and consider whether he should shoot the ball or pass because he spent countless hours when no one was watching, practicing so that when the moment comes, he doesn't have to think about what his left hand or his right hand is doing. It's second nature. God wants our relationship with him to be transformative, not performative. Let me say it again. God wants our relationship with him to be transformative, not performative. A religious actor is someone who is doing the right thing with the wrong motives. And here's the danger. If you get into the habit of only opening your Bible so that other people see that you're opening it, then don't be surprised when you don't find it nourishing anymore. You don't grow closer to someone by lying to them. And if you do it long enough, then sooner or later you're gonna start feeling like an imposter. If you're doing anything, absolutely anything, for the approval and the applause of others, then Jesus says, you've received a reward in full. You pull out your Bible so you can post a story of, of your quiet time, hashtag blessed. Well, then I have news for you. Hashtag not blessed, because God ain't blessing you for it. The likes are all you're gonna get. And, and it's easy to see why. It's like driving to the gym, taking a photo of yourself, and then going home. You have to do the work of reading scripture and letting it read you. And, and it's so easy to get caught up in this trap of being a religious actor. Sometimes we even do the, the method acting thing. You, you know what I'm talking about? Where we start to believe that we really are the thing that we're just pretending we are. But then the same standard that we use to lord over others becomes a crushing weight too heavy for us to bear. Because every time reality sets in, and when we come face to face with our sin, our identity is shattered. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has prepared good works in advance for you to do. But the question is, are you doing them? Are you doing the work to be ready to do them? It starts when no one else is looking. You need to be someone who is honest, is eager to learn, and quick to receive help. We cannot get better by lying to ourselves. God wants you to be free from the burden of being a religious actor. God knows exactly where we're at here today. And so there's no point in pretending. It's like going to the doctor when you have a deadly disease and refusing to talk about your symptoms. God's trying to get you healthy and we don't have to lie to ourselves or others about our health. In fact, James 5, 6 tells us, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That word in the original Greek, it means literally knit back together, made whole. It's exhausting to pretend to be something that you're not. God wants wholeness for you. In fact, he wants integrity. You know, the word integrity, the root word, it literally shares the same root as integer, meaning, meaning one, a whole number, a whole person. God wants you to be one person, a whole person in every situation you're in. And so we need to practice our good deeds privately 
so that they can become second nature to us, so that we're not trying to use good deeds to fill an emptiness in us, but that it comes from our fullness. So when others see our good deeds, which, which will begin to happen, it doesn't even matter to us because it's natural. Let's talk rewards. Look at verse four. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't miss this promise. These things done the right way will always be rewarded. We can be sure of that, even if you don't feel it. Listen, there are practical rewards here and now, and there are eternal rewards coming in the future. But if we allow ourselves to fall into the trap of hypocrisy, we lose them both. Don't lose the very thing God wants to give you. God wants you to be free. Why does this matter? Because being a religious actor hurts everyone. I want you to hear this. God doesn't want you to be a religious actor, but neither does anyone else. Your family doesn't need a religious actor. They need Jesus. Your coworkers, your friends, and everyone else you meet, they need you to love them like Jesus loves them. When a young David decided to face Goliath, the king, Saul, made him wear his armor. And, and it was too big and bulky because it wasn't made for him. But, but here's the thing. If David had worn that into battle, it would have killed him. He needed to fight the way he knew how. He needed to fight like David not Saul. And so you need to allow God to use you the way that he wants to use you. It's going to look different than anyone else. I need to allow God to use me in the way that he wants to use me. And it's, it's not a comparison game. You alone are going to be the husband to your spouse. You alone are going to be the child to your parents. You alone are going to be the parent to your kids. And so you have to let God use you the way he wants to use you. In the parable of the talents, it doesn't matter if you were given 10 or five or one. What matters is that you invest what God has given you. God will do things in your life one day that you could hardly believe, but in order to do this, you have to be willing to be transformed. Take giving for an example, what we've been looking through in these verses. God wants us to be generous, not just look generous. Jesus knew the difference, and so do other people. In the long run, it's always obvious. Our culture worships money, and the antidote for worshiping money is generosity. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And if you want to be more like Christ, be more generous. Scripture teaches it's better to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35. Godliness with contentment is great gain, 1 Timothy 6, 6. And that the Lord loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. All these point to a transformed life. And I get it. Money can be a tricky thing to talk about in the church. We've all seen televangelists asking for more money so they can buy another private jet. And we don't want to appear greedy, so we avoid talking about it. But the truth is, Jesus talked a lot about money. If we preached about money as often as Jesus spoke about money or used money to illustrate a point, we'd be preaching on money about one in every three weeks. Money, for better or worse, is where we reveal our hearts through our purchasing power. 
And we're called to give, but not like hypocrites. God wants to use your giving, and God wants your giving to be like a second nature, effortless. And that's true for every good thing God wants for you. Are you going to be ready? There's a rabbi, there's a story who I like to tell. The rabbi is named Zussi. And he talks about this comparison game that we fall into, where are are we living up to the standards that we feel like we're supposed to? And he says that when he gets to where he's going, when he gets to the other side, they're going to look at them, him and they're going to ask him, not, why were you not Moses? But they're going to look at him and say, why were you not Zussi? So let me ask you that question. Are you living in this space where everything is about what you should be doing? And you're living up to this standard and, and the weight is crushing you? Or are you letting God transform your life? I want to end our time with this. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. Maybe your entire life, you've just been a method religious actor. Maybe you feel crushed under the burden. Lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. Learn from him, and you will find rest for your souls. The scripture teaches that God loved the world so much that he sent his son not to condemn the world, but to love the world and through believing in him that we could be changed. And so if today, if this is your first time and, and you, you either you're someone who's living completely burdened and crushed under the weight of their religion or you're someone who's never even thought about religion, I want us all to pray together. Let's pray a prayer asking God to save us from ourselves. Save us from our religion. Save us forever. So, dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you that you love us and that, you, that, you've, that you've given everything for us, Lord. You, you did this not so that we could be better people or, or a, more, a different religious people, God, but so that we could be transformed new creations, Lord that our our very nature would be changed, God. I want that for myself. I want that for others. Lord, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, that you would lead me to follow you better today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Last, I want to lead you here to a listening moment. This is your chance to respond to God's word here today. This is so hard for so many of us, but, I, but that's why it's important. Where is God trying to get you ready?
Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you love us so, so much that you won't leave us where you found us. God, I thank you that you are transforming us, that you have good deeds for us to do. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would help us to shed off any expectations that we have about the way that we should live, and instead that we would live a life filled with your spirit and that we would love you more and more every day. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, will you just help me thank Zach in bringing such a great word for us today. Zach, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we can't wait to see you up here uh, a little bit more and around Akuo. So if you see him or his family, be sure and say hi. Give him a hug. Give him a high five, whatever you want to do. Now, we are always looking for ways to link to our community, and we have something fun lined up that's ending today. So I got to let you know, today is the last day. If you are watching or listening to this on Sunday morning, you can jump into your car, drive some food over to us for Feed SA, which is where we are trying to help fill up the food bank in a time where the needs in the food bank go up and the actual donations go down. So this week is our last week to accept that food. Or you can get online right now. You can go to the way that you always give online. And in there, we've put a very specific line for the food bank. If for every dollar that you give, they are able to turn that into seven meals. So what we're gonna be doing is making a donation as a Kuo as well. Our family, my family is gonna be making a donation. So we wanna encourage you to do that. Like I said, it ends today, so get on that and help us feed SA. Now, when you are generous here to cool, you know, it goes towards things like that. Us reaching out to our community, linking to them, being generous in the same way that God has asked us to. We are cheerful and generous givers, and we are doing it so we can make sure that the Lord knows that we care for the people that he cares for, and he loves the people, and we love the people that he loves as well. And we're literally putting our money and our resources where our mouths are. So when you're generous here at Akuo, I want you to know that you're really being generous to your community through Akuo. So when you give to us, we give to them. And that's the way that we do these things. Now, we all know that God wants us to be generous and, and all those things. And when it comes to giving here to Kuo, we're not hung up on the amount or the percentage, but in the same way that Zach was asking you, just look at what God asked you to do. Look at when he asks you to be generous. That's what you should be giving. Listen to him. Ask him how much what you should be giving. And that's what you do. That little voice, that random thought. That's what you should be doing. Now, I'm not sure if you aren't sure where to start. Maybe you haven't heard from God just yet on this. One of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first root 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place that you start. However, we don't want this to be a burden for you. Again, we want you to be cheerful. We want this to be a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus. We want this to be a thing where you give back what has been given to you. Now, being here, generous here at Akuo is about celebrating all the things that you've received in the relationship. And it's just, again, like what Zach was talking about. We want to be cheerful. We want to be generous. We want to put God first in everything including our resources. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now, and that's okay. We understand that things might be tough for you and for your family. If you are one of those people that needs some help right now, please reach out to us. We would love to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please just go to our website, akua.church, and click on the Contact Us link. Or if you know someone that needs some help, send, us, send them to that, or you can also 
email us directly at help at akua.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing and able to give here at Akua Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akua.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the on-screen instructions that you'll see right there in front of you. We also have the text to give option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to AKUO at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate each and every one of you, and our AKUO team will be praying for you now and for the rest of the week. Now, before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, I just ask that as people leave here, you would help cultivate their generous hearts. I pray that you would move them in the direction that they are supposed to be more generous in their lives, Lord. I pray that you would give them an abundance of time and resources so they can be as generous as possible with those things, Lord. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.